You're listening to Let's Unpack That. Now let's get started. Alright, alright, welcome back to another episode of Let's Unpack That. This is Cornell Woodson, your host. Um, and yeah, it's been a while since I've been uh, back on this show and sort of creating an episode. It's been a lot going on with my business and life has just been taking me all over. So I apologize for being gone for so long, but I'm back with a, I know, right, life, um, but I'm back with a uh, another episode. And as you can tell, I have a friend in the room who is my guest. Oh, a um, friend, though. A friend, yes, yes, BJ. I was meant to ask you: Is it BJ Siasako or Siasako? Siasoko. Siasoko. Kind of a friend. What I know, I'm Siasoko. I have said your last name wrong for so long. Um, I am joined tonight with one of. I say Cornell wrong. No, you do not. Shut up. (laughs) So I'm joined here with one of my really, really, really good friends, BJ Siasoko, right? Um, Who I've known for quite some time, and um, we get into a lot of deep conversations around social justice and diversity and just life in general and I was like I need him on this particular episode because this particular episode we are unpacking the film Crazy Rich Asians token Asian uh, friend. Yes. Uh, yep. Reach out to token Asian <laughs> friend. Yes. Um, we're going to unpack the film and kind of talk about it. Reactions, um, particularly for you as an Asian American and what that means for you, what the film meant for you. And then me as someone who is not Asian American, who is black, what that film meant for me. Oh my God, you're black. I am, girl. I just found out yesterday. Um, I did not know. I don't see color. (laughs) Right, I don't, right? (laughs) So speaking of that, I also want to begin to unpack, I think, some of the other conversations that have come out of the release of this film, of the relationship between Asian American people and black people specifically. And so unpacking that and, and, you know, sort of just all the stuff that comes with that. So first, let's kind of dive into, first of all, the film gut reactions to the film in general see that's tough i think for me what's tough about this film is that a lot of people want it to be like this thing mm-hmm. right yeah and that's that's like so many other of these movies that you're like we want this one this is ours like uh-huh oh this could be our black panther like right. this is our wakanda i right. think i've heard that several times mm-hmm. so i think there's all that hype around it mm-hmm the problem for me is that, like, I hate when people put that pressure on a movie. Okay. Because I think that is setting us up for failure in a lot of ways. So I'll unpack what people are meaning by this is our Black Panther. Like, wh- what does that actually mean? So the last film to feature, uh, sorry, the last Western film yeah. to feature an all Asian um, cast was Joy Luck Club. And I uh-huh. believe that was in 1993. Mm-hmm. So it's been, what, I'm shitty with math. So that's like... 18-ish years? No, okay. that's wrong. 1993? 93. So my 20 sister was born in ni- Yeah, because my sister was born in 92. So, yeah. so that's like 20-ish yeah. years since we've had a, a movie that has intentionally had an all-Asian cast. Yeah. That's yeah. also targeted um, to Western audiences. Right. And right. I think, so that's what this is, right? This is a film that talks about what is the, and I'm specifically going to keep talking about the Asian-American experience mm-hmm. here, though mm-hmm. I, I would also clarify that like you know 
the the Asian experience in different countries can be very different, yeah. right? So I'm just going to talk from like the Asian American experience. Mm-hmm. So I think for Asian American audiences, this was like, wow, this book came out. I haven't read the book, which I think is another thing that I want to do now okay. that I've seen this movie. Yeah. Um, I'm weird because sometimes I read. I always like to watch the movie before I read the book because for me, huh. I'll always I'll always read a book. Yeah. And be like because it's a book, like I'll get my own interpretation. I'll think it through okay. all for myself. When I watch a movie, mm-hmm. I get pissed when I already know what's about to happen. Oh, that makes because, sense. Because like I paid for that shit. And the book usually ends up having more than the film. Exactly. So even when you read the book, you'll end up still with some more. I gain more. more when I read the book. Exactly. Later. Exactly. And then I found too that whenever I've read the book and then watched a movie. You always have that like, oh, the movie didn't do this. Mm-hmm, the movie mm-hmm. didn't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why am I comparing it to that? Like, right. The book is always going to be so different because they're different mediums. Right. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to read the book eventually is, is to say that. Yeah. Um, but to get back to the other point as well, too, is that like, here's something that as we we think about like what it means to be Asian or Asian American, mm-hmm. um, here's a movie that could say that, right? Like, yeah. here's a movie that can show those things. Um, and I think coming off the heels of something like Black Panther, where you see that and it's like, here's a movie that was just a good movie, mm-hmm. right? Like strip away all the other facts about how Black Panther was groundbreaking in so many different ways. It was yeah. also just like a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Right? But was was the movie meant to, to portray what it was like to be an Asian American or was it just so great or was it Asian Americans Black Panther because it was showing mainstream filmmakers and yeah. that in fact you could have an all Asian cast yeah. and make a crap ton of money. So I will also say Crazy Rich Asians is not our Wakanda. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. okay. Yep. I feel yep. like yep. Full, full stop. And this is why not, not? Why not? I think because it's there are all these things that I've read and also that I just feel about it that mm-hmm. are like the movie is groundbreaking because it shows as sad or as exciting as this is that like look asian stars are just as marketable as any other stars right right. and i think that's what's groundbreaking about this movie is that like this movie was like so many other rom-coms yeah which is great because look fuck it all those excuses that are like ugh, an asian lead would not pull in all these Uh all these uh folks because all asian cast and all asian cast won't pull in the same numbers like yes they can Mm mm-hmm What's also frustrating, I think, is all the other things that I feel about this movie, too, which are like, fuck, man, like, Singapore Mm -hmm. is not all Chinese people. Okay, okay. Like, Singapore is a very diverse place. I've never personally been to Singapore, but Mm -hmm. I know uh, people that have been there and just my own knowledge of the region as well, too. And just, like, seeing that in some ways, like, the Philippines is similar. And I think Asian countries deal with race in a very different way as well, too. Yeah. Right. Um, but like Singapore could be an amalgam for New York. Right. Like people think of New York as like, look how fancy New York is. Mm-hmm. Look at all these wealthy places. Right. Like Singapore is not just, you know, the um, why can't I think of the name of the whole place with like the magic. It's where they had the magical like light up trees and the Marina Bay. OK. So okay. the Marina Bay Sands, like that fancy hotel air- mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. That's not all Singapore, right? Like there's so many other parts to Singapore that right. friends have told me about. And also Singapore is much more multicultural than what you see there. Okay. Whereas you see Chinese descent Singaporeans mostly in this film. Yeah. You don't see like 
people of Indian descent mm. in that film. And those people exist in mm-hmm. Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Or, gotcha. Sorry, in Singapore and that whole in like that whole region. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but you don't see that in the film. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so that's one thing that you see. You see an idealized version of Singapore. Yeah. But as much as I critique that, that's a critique for me of rom-coms, right? Like yeah. rom-coms aren't about social justice typically You're right. showing what it's and teaching Rom-coms you, are yeah. like, oh my god, that boy is so hot uh-huh. and I'm gonna fly away and this is my magical right. prince. Right. And I'm gonna fall and I'm gonna get the guy uh-huh. usually I'm gonna get the guy that I it. who's out of my league or I'm gonna get the girl who's out of my league and I'm, at the end we get married and I'm fall gonna in love. show the mom that like she's wrong. And yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Yeah. And I think all my critiques of crazy rich Asians are not critiques of crazy rich Asians in particular. They are critiques of the genre of romantic comedies. Okay. And I think that's sometimes what's difficult for people to distinguish Mm -hmm. because just like anything, you have the people that are like, how dare you criticize this? Like this movie is so great. It's so representative. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's just like anything. Like I can love something and critique it at the Mm -hmm, same time. mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, like yeah. why, why must we exist in either or? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think people are tired. I think people are tired of, um, anything less than perfect. I agree. Right. And so I can get that. Right. And you know, I've, I've, I have friends and colleagues who I'm, you know, friends with Facebook on Facebook and some of them hated the film. I mean, like it, to them, it was trash. Yeah. And because it, 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 it presented itself one that's all we saw was this immense amounts immense amount of wealth yeah and that in some way we were supposed to be in awe of like you know of this voyeurism of you know all this money that they have and the bill you know things that sort and for me though as someone who's not Asian American and I want to own the fact that I don't feel as though I as someone who is not Asian American can heavily critique and bad mouth a film that doesn't where I'm not you know what I mean like I don't know like where's my line of like well that's that's not for me to say oh that's a a crappy movie in terms of how it depicted the culture sure for me right I I don't know maybe I can I don't know I I get that I also feel that here's my thing whenever people talk about like how dare this movie like not show all these other things the name of the movie is motherfucking crazy rich agents right 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 right. if you do not understand what you're getting into with this movie <laughs> right 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 shame, like fool me once like shame why on did you. you go see right why did right you, what did you think was what were people expecting i mean i i think people were expecting black panther right like they were expecting to see you know what made black panther so beautiful for black people was that we finally see a film one like like this one that is an all black cast yeah. aside from the one white guy right but even he was like you know the he butt of, of useless he was the butt of so many jokes right but for once we were in charge yeah. we were the lead and we were shown in a beautiful manner right yeah strong strength leadership and just stunning in all of our melanin having beauty right um and I, th- from my understanding of friends, I would leave my partner for Killmonger. That's hilarious. Um, my uh, my understanding of my friends and my colleagues who hated the film is that they wanted a film that did Asian American people justice. 
the way Black Panther sure. did in some way for Black people, but there were even Black people who critiqued Black Panther, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm always left with the question of, can one film be everything to everyone? No. And I would say, sorry to interject. No, that's fine, please. But there was an article I read too from the director. Why am I blanking on the director? I forget his name. Yeah, yeah. It's I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now. But he's he set out saying like this film is not going to solve everything for everyone. Right. We're not making a film for everyone. We just can't. And I'm like, I appreciate him saying that. Yeah. Because I think he recognizes where his limitations are. Right. 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 Like it's yeah. one thing to set out to make a film something to everyone but i'm also a big fan of when you try and please everyone you please no one yeah yeah right so they set out to make this film an adaptation of the book that was a rom-com that featured a cast that was true to the book yeah is what i would say this film was and i think it did a good job of doing that based on what everyone that has read the books has told me yeah i'm going to keep giving you secondhand knowledge yeah 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 exactly yeah i mean i think that the, the film had one goal and that was to show hollywood that an all-Asian cast yeah. can be just as successful as a majority agree. white cast or all-white cast. And also add that it can face the same critiques of a movie as an all-white cast. Mm-hmm. This movie was mm-hmm. a rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a regular rom-com. Yeah. And I think that, to me, the movie's, like, averageness yeah. is its selling point mm-hmm. yeah, to me in yeah. a lot of ways. Like, this wasn't a crazy different rom-com. yeah. Right, like, it was like every other rom com except for it had an all aging cast. And that to me was what stood out about this movie. Yeah. It's like you can have a diverse cast and it still be a good rom com. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the, the 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 big a big theme in the film is around social class. Sure. Um and this idea of being right, of being, you know, uh Asian enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um or in this case Chinese enough because, yeah. you know, um there was a scene where her mom was telling her, you know, cuz um Constance Wu's character was saying, well, you know, I'm they're Chinese, I'm Chinese and her mom's no. like, "No, no, you're different." You are very right? Different. Like, yeah, and what did she say like, you know, the the, the face, you speak Chinese, but in your heart, you think differently. right? You think differently. In your right, um, that you because you weren't born on the motherland, right? Mm-hmm. And and that and so a lot of people critiqued this this um, that piece of one the constant focus on wealth, but also this idea of you know people not being Asian enough, the concept of being called a banana, right? Um, and actually, the woman who played the mom in the film talked about in an interview where um, the first time she was called a banana. Um, yo, yeah, fantastic. and just. So th- those were the issues of like, are we supposed to sit here and like, what, what are we supposed to get out of such an infatuation with wealth? Like, what's the purpose of this? And I always wonder the people who critique that part of the film, did they read the book? Probably not. Right. Um, but they also thought, I don't know. I saw some critiques that said that Constance Wu, Constance Wu's character um, was like trying to gain her entrance into this wealthy family and i think think no that's not what it was to me it was everything that i think we see in other films too where we try to you know send a message of like none of that crap matters right like you're not better than me because you have all this money oh you mean every rom-com out there (laughs) but but, but, but even even other films that we watch where you know i can't think of one right now but where you know wealth is a big part of the conversation and you always have that one character who didn't come from the same amount of wealth but showed you anyway that i'm just as good as you if not better yeah right and so i just i guess i just don't understand um the frustration around that and how people missed 
that nuance that it wasn't her trying to go, oh, I want to be rich like you all. It was like, no, screw you and who you think, you know, who you think I am. That's what the ending scene was. Exactly, right? That I'm just as good as you. My favorite part of that film was when she says, so when you're sitting around with your grandchildren Mm -hmm. and he finds some woman who you think is good enough, you remember it's because of me. Mm -hmm. It's because of the woman who you thought wasn't good enough because she didn't come from where you came from. Yeah. And I thought that was such such an important piece of the film of like, Stop doing this shit, <laughs> right? Like, um, but it's. I feel like so many people missed it. So many people miss a lot of things. Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> that, that, was, that was so crucial to me to to the storyline too of this. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, she wanted to be with him because she loved him, but you know, it wasn't because of the wealth. She was trying to break that barrier down. So, two things for you. I'll. Let me answer your first question, which yeah. was, how is seeing this as an Asian American versus an yes. Asian? And I think that's something that a lot of people sometimes miss about this movie is, who is this movie for? Right. Is this movie for an American audience or a Western audience? Yeah. Is this movie for a Singaporean audience? Right. And I think the answer is, it's for a Western audience. Right. Right? Right. This is a movie with an all-Asian cast for a Western audience. Right. And I think that's the biggest issue that people have. I think if this film was an independent film for a very niche market of people, mm-hmm. I don't think people would have had a problem with it. I think because, and I'm going to go even deeper, not just Western, the white gaze. Yeah. Not gay, like gay, why? Like the G-A-Y-Z-E. Gay, like, right, I got G-A-Z-E, right? Like the gaze of like for white audience. I think that people are concerned with how white people walk into the theater, yeah. see all of this, and then what do they walk away from as what it, uh, as, as to what it means to be, in this case, Chinese, but Asian-American. Yeah. And there's no space for conversation around the more nuanced experiences of the culture. And I, I think that's the issue. If this were a niche film made for Asian people, Asian American, even even people of color in general, yeah. I don't know that people who are so pissed about it would be as pissed. I think it's because of that audience, and again, not just Western, but for white people, yeah. that's the frustration. I'd agree. I would also say that I think the director made some good choices, too, where they it's made for a white Western gaze. Mm-hmm. But I think they still did a good job of not explaining things and just leaving them as parts of the movie mm-hmm. as normal. And okay. I, I refer to the Majong scene. There's a great article in The Atlantic that I read where they talked about that scene mm-hmm. when you know she's meeting. I don't think the scene apparently is in the book is okay. what I was reading from the article. Or I might be wrong, so... We'll, we'll, we'll watch that on the replay. But anyways, right. they don't explain the rules of Mahjong, right? Okay. They just play the game. She right. does things with the tiles. You feel like something you should know about this. Like right. she's doing something that makes sense. Right. Blah, blah, blah. But they don't explain the rules to you. She's not being like, oh, I'm getting this tile because it's going to... She doesn't throw down the tiles and say, like, I made this set, blah, mm-hmm, blah. Mm-hmm. She just does it. And it's expected as normal. Mm-hmm. And to me, those are the pieces where... This is a movie made for Western white audiences, mm-hmm. but we do things within it that make someone think about why is that happening? And if I don't understand that, it wasn't just given to me, right? Like okay. it's just presented as normal. Okay. And I thought that was a cool way of somewhat subverting the intent of them or the intended audience of the movie as well too. Gotcha. Right? Like I think I got this from you. Like you don't know something, you have... What do you say? Your auntie, the library. <laughs> no, I say Google, Bing, and Yahoo, yeah. and, their and, their, and their grandmother, the, the library. library. Right? Like, go find, go figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and you yeah. can do that with some of these things. Yeah. About the, what was the, the significance of that game? Yeah. To because I think she said my mom taught me, and then she, his mom sits down, yeah. you know, and my mom taught me too. She intentionally. And, so the thing with mahjong, it's essentially kind of like a game of rummy. So you know, okay. you're matching sets and grouping okay. um, similar numbers and tiles and things. And mm-hmm. so she's holding one of the tiles, and I think. And now I'm trying to recall. I think she has the number eight, which is a very significant number in Asian cultures because it's considered very lucky. Okay, right, right, exactly. Um, so she has the number eight, I think, at the end. And I think she needs it to complete her set. And then she actually sees that uh, Michelle Yeoh's character... The mom. Yeoh's, yeah, yeah, mom has been grabbing the tiles to complete that. So she sees that she has that. And so she throws that tile into the, the pile uh-huh. knowing... That that's the tile she needs to win. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't. Even, Which is exactly not a match the for game. what she did. Right, exactly. That I sacrificed because one of the big things that her mom felt about her is that you're so um. What did she say? Um, ambitious. No, she, well, yeah, yeah. And, 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 American. And, right. How, how American of you. And I was like, oh, the the shade that his mom threw in this film that everyone threw. There was so much shade. It made my gay heart flutter. But um. You know, that was one of her her, her concerns was that you're going to be so ambitious about your own career that you're not going to be basically living up to the stereotypical woman of supporting her man yep. as he does what he needs to do to, to provide for the family. Um, and you're right. In the end, she shows her in two ways. One, by giving her putting, which I ju- you just pointed out to me that I didn't understand the game. Yeah. I knew the name of it because I have Asian friends who have talked yep. about it, but I didn't understand the nuances of it and really what, what it's about. But, um, she showed Constance Wu character shows her that by that and even the, the dialogue she had about when you're watching and playing with your grandchildren yep. and you know that was because of me because I said no to him you you got that yeah. so don't tell me that I can't be ambitious but also make sacrifices for my family yeah and I would say to go back to your other question as well too that's a huge distinction between Asian families and Asian American okay. families as well too it's this whole concept of how much do you do for yourself as an individual, a very Western concept, and how much do you do for your family and the collective, yeah. a very Eastern concept, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to be lack of a better word in those phrases, right, too. Right. And that's something I think I'm weird enough. So I was born and raised in the States, mm-hmm. but my dad is very much an activist Filipino, mm-hmm. right? So very strong Filipino ties. I learned Tagalog before I learned English. Mm-hmm. We go back to the Philippines every two years or mm-hmm. so. Spoke Tagalog in the home. Yeah. All that stuff is with my grandparents with us as well, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this weird spot where I have cousins that very much identify with being more Amer- Filipino-American mm-hmm. than Filipino. Because that's like the culture that they grew up in. Gotcha. Whereas me, I'm kind of in this weird zone okay. of like, yes, Filipino-American. And more so as I'm older, I'm more identifying with being Filipino-American rather than just Filipino. Because I definitely see every time I go back the differences between my cousins that still grew up in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. The way they think, the way they they look at things, mannerisms and whatnot. And that's just a cultural difference. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what this movie is trying to highlight through the mom's character of... Who is Constance Wu's character? Right. She has this whole identity being this New York professor mm-hmm. and then she goes back to this other place and realizes that that identity and what she thinks she knows about being Asian is very different. Right. And I right. think that is, that's a thing that many Asian Americans I think realize, especially if they've never been back to the motherland mm. when they first go. 
I'm, 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 my face looks puzzled, not puzzled, but I'm, I'm thinking, well, that's not your normal I, face? shut up, because I, because <laughs> I, I see the, the parallels to even me as an African-American person mm-hmm. and not necessarily with a connection to Africa, but just in terms of like what we, what I feel some pe- black people consider to be typical black culture. Yep. And when you break and when you weren't raised in typical black spaces, yeah. um, you know, you're not black enough or, you know, you're, you're, you're black on the outside, but you know, right. Like her mom was saying, but in the instant, your heart, yeah. you think differently. Um, and so I would just, I would just kind of find the, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the parallels between that experience oh, totally. and, and my own. I think that's any identity crisis, yeah, absolutely. right? It's like, who am I here? I am not, I'm always considered an other. Yeah. I'm always asked, where am I from? Yeah. You know, I've never yeah. been asked, oh, you're from Wisconsin. That's always a shock. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, it's, I'm always an other. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not of the other place because you grew up here. That's mm. a classic story. Wow. Uh, that's a classic immigrant story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Wow. And I would say, especially for Asian, uh, Asian Americans as well, too. Because I feel, and this is just my own personal viewpoint, right? Like, when you are, how do I want to phrase this? In a sense that, like, people see... Like there are black Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's an accepted thing, mm-hmm. right? So you're you're American in mm-hmm. that sense. Yeah. But here it's like, oh, you're Asian. You're clearly not. You're not American. You're Asian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then you go back to whatever country that is. People are like, oh, you're American. Mm-hmm. So where does that? So you belong in both places, but not at the same time. Exactly. But but you, you, like you have ties to both, but no one claims you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I feel like there's similarities between. You know, African Americans and Asian Americans in that space. It's like, mm-hmm. where do you belong, right? Yeah. Like, and that's America in general. It's like we brought all these people here and we say we're American, but yeah. like, are we American? And who gets to mm. decide who is American? And now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've seen that documentary, Race: The Power of an Illusion, um, and it talks about exactly just I'm a good student affairs professional. Just that I hope so. Um, but it, it talks about just that, right? Like, who gets to, what does that even mean yeah. to be American? Um, and it, you know, then throughout the the throughout history, there has been a narrative about what it means to be uh, American. I think even within this administration that we're seeing now, we're getting back into that conversation about who is really seen as an American yeah. or a true American. Shout out to these kids from the New York Historical Society. I love going to Governor's Island now that mm-hmm. I live in New York. Mm-hmm. And the students who partner with the New York Historical Society have a house on Governor's Island. They do an exhibition in every year. And you wow. know I used to work in museums, so I love right. this stuff. Right. So this year, the kids decided to do the exhibition in the house as what does it mean to be an American? <gasps> oh. And these high school kids are A, amazing, and they had a whole thing, like, you walk in, and they had a whole thing about, like, immigration throughout time and, like, this whole Ooh. thing. The kids had, um, one of the activities was you walk in, and you had to take a poll test. Uh-huh. Right? And it's like, you know, the tests are designed to basically not be passable, so then you could be deemed unfit to vote. Wow. And so everyone takes this exam, and it's, like, all these things, and you're like, this is an impossible question. The kids are like, yeah, this is what it means to deny people the right to vote. Like, people did this. This isn't something we just made up. It's like we took these questions off an actual thing. And like, these are high school students that understood this. Wow. And I loved it. I mean, those are the kinds of things that again, answer that question in this day and age, like what does it mean to be an American? And I laugh. I don't know if they want me to tell this too, but apparently the board of the New York historical society or whoever like helped manage the topics, Mm -hmm. they want to do something else. It was something like, 
was like clowns or some like froofy like topic or immigration and the kids were like we're doing fucking immigration. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Bravo, high school <laughs> Right, right. They were like, I'm telling you, we're doing this. This you. generation of high schools. I, I, I did a, um, a workshop at a, uh, institution in New York City. I won't name who, who it is. Um, but, um, and we were talking about sort of just activism on campus. Yeah. And I said, we institutions in this in this country uh, I, w- I would argue across around the world right really are going to need to um get themselves together around how we support students in their activism and create that space because we're not getting to a point where we're bringing high school students to college and we're helping them find their activist voice they found it in high school and they're coming to your campuses with it yeah and they're ready to to call you out on your stuff and you need to get your your stuff you know in, in order because they're they're used they they, they they were born in an activist culture yeah. right even if it wasn't in their family they were born with the news and you know in activism being so much a part of their childhood so that, that it's natural for them the way in which folks who were you know born around the black panther times yeah. and the rush movement they, they, they it's natural to them like yes of course that that, that i i know what my voice is and so i think that institutions of higher education really need to get ready and then after that the workplaces that eventually those pay- those students will be going into need to get ready for it i would as say well. we're there now i mean i think our generation is of that mindset where it's like you raise a generation of people that think that they could change the world and now that you're shocked that they're trying to change the world <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah exactly like we are we are doing these things in our workplace i so i was on a panel so i full disclosure work for ibm okay um i was on a panel for them uh, it's like a the office area has like a pride um, BRG. Mm-hmm. So they had a pride event during June and I was on that panel. Uh, shout out to the and folks that You said BRG? Uh, sorry, Business Resource Group. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I never yeah. heard of it. I've heard of CNG and ERG. All the different. I know, right? Uh, acronym city. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm on this panel and someone asked me like, you know, what do you think about like diversity and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> our generation, th- being diverse is no longer like a thing that sets you apart. It's yeah. a floor. Yeah. Right, it's an expectation yeah. for all of us in our generation that mm-hmm. we expect our workplaces to be diverse and inclusive. Yeah, absolutely. And we're like, not. And we're not going to set up anything less. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wow, that it excites me. It yeah. it, it, it really really does. Um, so going going back to the movie, and before we move on to the next part of this conversation, <laughs> um, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I know, right? Um, what do you think? Given all the critiques of the film, what do you think would have satisfied folks? To make it their quote unquote Wakanda, what would have been? You can't satisfy the mob. <laughs> I mean, but but overall, Black Panther had an overwhelmingly sure. great response, sure. right? You had some people. I, I think any critique of the film was probably covered up by any by all the great press, yeah. right? For the most part, people were like, "Oh my goodness, this is amazing." Um, I feel like the the greatness of Crazy Rich Asians is is big. Like the the commentary around that is awesome. Yep. But you you definitely hear the voices of those who are like it was trash. What do you think would have satisfied them to go? That was good. That was our film. It's it can't. I don't know if it could have been a rom com. Okay. Right. Like I go back to the genre. Okay. I go back to the genre. This movie gotcha. was set out to be a great rom com. Gotcha. This movie sense. didn't set out to be a groundbreaking movie for Asian Americans. Gotcha. It set out to be a great rom-com. Okay. 
Can't okay. fault people for doing that. Yeah. So it would have need, need to be a drama or a. I don't think it needs action. to need to be a drama or uh, an action movie, but rom coms by their very nature are lighthearted and fun. Yeah. Right. Like how many groundbreaking rom coms do you know out there? Now I'm trying to think of some. Right. Yeah. I get because rom coms yeah. are escapism. They're fantasy. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's not like high, like brain changing things. It's brain candy. Yeah. We watch a rom com because we're like, ugh, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. So let me live in this fantasy world for a little bit. Okay. And for you know, ninety minutes, two hours, I can just have a fun story that literally requires no brain cells. That's why I watch a rom com. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. So I would say I think that's that's the issue number one is what is the genre of this movie? Yeah, right, right. And can what can can it accomplish? Can the genre accomplish what probably many yeah. people wanted the film to accomplish? But I think reminding people that it came from a book, yeah, that was already written. Yeah, and so so I don't know. Again, as a as an African American, as a person of color, as a black person, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Because for my Asian friends, my Asian American friends who have, we've talked about this all the time, about seeing ourselves or seeing themselves on a big screen. Yeah. Knowing what it meant to my Asian friends, I was like, I support that because you all, you know, this is something that means something to you of being able to see yourself on a screen. And I think even for my uh, male Asian friends who are like, you know, where the stereotype is that Asian men are not considered sexually desirable. Yep. And here you have this film where it is, you know, we are a sex object, right? Mm-hmm. And as weird as it sounds, right? But like, it's like, no, we are someone who can be sexually desired. We're sexy, we're we're attractive. And, you know, some of my Asian male friends were like, it, I enjoyed seeing someone who looks like me on a screen. And being the object of someone's affection. This movie is exceptional for its averageness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's 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 exceptional for its normalization of things. Yeah. Right? It didn't set out to be like, what it's the best Asian movie ever. It's yeah. like it's movie to set out to show that like Asians are normal people. Yeah. We are not all geniuses. Mm-hmm. Some of us are mediocre. Some of us are amazing. We're we are human. Yeah. That's what this movie did. Yeah. What um what did you think of her best friend? Uh I forget her name now. Aquafina? No, uh what was it again? Wasn't like Pig Oh, so yeah, Aquafina is the actor's name. Okay, uh, that's right, Caitlin. that's right. Yes. And <laughs> she Yeah is everything. I Nico must... Santos is the other actor, the the gay cousin. Uh, he's a Filipino yes. actor. Yes, Those yes. two for me were like, more of them, please. Gotcha. Because I must admit, as a black person, the way she spoke felt very... Um, Coded black? Yes. <laughs> like, I'll say it for And her. I was like, where is that from? Have like, you seen her in anything else before? I've seen... I, isn't she in... Um, She's in Ocean's Eight. Ocean's Eight. Eight. That's what I thought. Cause I, I took my uh, yeah. my little to go see that. Um, and I loved her in that film, too. She was, you know, she was very much, she brought the comedy. Yeah. For sure. Um, so it was just interesting to have that character like that. And, and I just wondered what was the purpose around that. And was it, what, what, was, was it intentional around I don't know. It's a rom-com, so there's always the crazy best friend and the gay best yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here yeah. they are in this movie as yeah, well, too. But, but, but even with the, the, you know, I heard some article called The Black Scent. Right, and yeah, it's I could like see that. you know what I mean, like the way, like that was that that was it wasn't just she was the crazy best friend, but she she was 
speaking in a very particular vernacular yeah. that was kind of like, why are you doing that? She is urban. Right. <laughs> and like, where is that from? And so that was the one thing that was kind of like, okay, like, all right, I guess, you know, like I, I would want to know more about why for me. I don't know that about piece. that. I will say from my own experience as well, too, I think being from the Filipino community, mm-hmm. there are definitely Filipinos that are more urban. Okay. Right? So I think that's a thing that you see. Meaning they grew up around black people? Yeah. So, okay. I would say they grew up around black people. Like, I think it's a, it's a cultural thing that I think is, depending on where you grew up, being in, like, the West Coast or whatever uh-huh. it is. Like, that's a thing. But she didn't grow up and. I don't know. It's okay. made for Western audiences. I guess so. That was the one thing that just kind of blew me, uh, that kind of took me for a spin. But um, I did enjoy her character. She was funny. Like, when she went into the car and had the cocktail, and I was like, girl, stop. Loved her. Um, so, one thing um, that also came out of this with this film release, I bought a number of tickets um, to support um, because I, I wanted doing to do my people. part. Yep. I, I, I did the same thing for uh, Black Klansmen. Um, and I, I just wanted to show up and be there for my Asian friends and show, like, you know, there's something that means something to you. I'm going to show up and, and be there and support On it. On behalf of like Asia, we thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> you were so stupid. But so some, some of my friends on Facebook like that who are, who are black um, particularly with just like nah I'm not showing up because literally the week that that film came out the same week there were several videos that were shared that would be that were going around Facebook of Asian people literally beating the crap out of black people um, the one the one that came that I saw was the um, the, the African American woman was in the store the hair care product yep. store with her son her son took something she walked back in to give the thing back and say my, you know I imagine saying I'm sorry my son took this and I guess he followed her back out and he punches her in the face and so some, there were some a lot of my black friends were just kind of like nah like until Asian Americans begin to deal with their um Association with the oppression of, of black bodies, I'm not supporting the damn thing. Yeah. And a part of it was kind of like, okay, totally get that, obviously, right? Um, and totally understand it. And so I wanted to unpack a little bit about the relationship between Asian Americans and and black people, particularly in this country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like g- general thoughts because for me, I was like, I can both support the idea of diversifying Hollywood and what this might mean for my Asian friends and also challenge it, that part of that Asian culture yeah. that does that is implicit uh, is it implicit or complicit whatever that per- that that perpetuates systems of oppression against black people yeah um, and why I always I'm always fascinated about why people can't live in two spaces at the same time what are your thoughts from, from uh, your perspective as an agent, not speaking for your entire, you know, ethnicity, your I can't speak on behalf of if all of you, us. If you feel like you can, child, I but take that from, you, on from your experience, what you know, talk to me about that. So I think here's the thing, right? Like Asians are people too, right? Mm-hmm. It's this whole idea too of like because I'm Asian, somehow I can't be, I can't make mistakes. Asian mm-hmm. people don't like make poor life choices or mm-hmm. whatever that is. Um, yeah, I think there are instances of racism in Asian Americans. Like, I think if you look at it too, like Asians are super racist, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like there is this whole thing too about like, even within Asia, 
like Filipinos and the way they're treated in Japan Mm -hmm. or just even within the Philippines, like the whole idea of like skin tone in Asia and like how I remember being young and being like, why the fuck is there skin lightening cream? And like people buy that shit. Right. And like the lighter you are, the higher class you are perceived in many Asian countries, which played out a lot in the film Uh with uh, his cousin, um, what was her name? I'm so bad at that. I should have written these names down. The one whose husband uh, ended up... Uh, oh, leaving her. Yeah, well, she left him at oh, the end. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. But her, like, right? She's like, going to, like, hit all her, like, shopping. Yeah, exactly. Home. I mean, and, and, you know, and she, she was supposed to be this epitome of, like, beauty and, you know, the ultimate person. And I think played into a lot of, you know, those the nuances that you just oh, totally. mentioned. But yeah, so I think I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think that, again, myself included, I think that people are just really tired of um, the, the overwhelming amount of anti-blackness that is seeped into so many other ethnicities and races right that even from latino people or latinx people from asian people from you know everybody everybody shits on black people yeah i mean and to me that i mean that is one of the biggest pieces of the black lives uh matter movement right that you know even other people of color push us down as to being lower on the totem pole than them i mean that's how we talk about like Racism is a system, right? Like, it's not just one person. It's a systemic thing that mm-hmm. pervades us to think that, like, oh, if I push you down, that puts us to get ahead. Yeah. Somehow that's good. And not realizing that, like, I'm still in the same system where I will never be on top right. of this thing that right. we've created. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So how do we break through that? Yeah. I think we support each other whenever we can, right? And acknowledging that, like... Here are shitty things that happened, and how do we make it less of this is your issue and these are my issues? Mm-hmm. And how do we talk more about like what are our issues together? Or both at the same time, yeah. right? Because I do believe that there is value in people being in their own spaces and doing their own work, but then are we creating opportunities for us to come together to show up for each other? I agree. But as black people, when we feel like everybody is sending their shit downward towards us, right, it makes it really hard to want to show up for any other group you know what i mean because like y'all already treat us you know i I think of even my experience when i was living you know when i was younger and living in camden new jersey and i grew up around asian and latinx people and other black people and you know even when we walked into the to the corner bodegas right like we were being watched and we were you know you could tell the way they looked at us and Mm -hmm. spoke to us that yeah like you black people you know what i mean it's like but bro you live in the hood like me Right. And so like, why are you think you better than me just yep. because you own this little bodega? Um, and, you know, even, you know, the Asian people with, with, with their stores and you could see the the hierarchy even within this space that is considered a part of a bigger hierarchy, but was on the bottom of it. Right. And, and I think you're right. Like historically, this is how our society has always operated, that we find ways to push other people down so we can elevate ourselves. Yep. Um, you know, during the civil rights movement, it had black people did that to the LGBTQIA plus uh, community. The larger LGBTQIA plus community did it to trans people, and we yep. still do it today. Um, you know, and, and all those things are still happening. At some point, we leave each other behind. Um, but when you are the group 
that no matter where, you know, as a gay man, I walk into gay spaces, racism. I walk into, you know, like no matter where I am, I will always find race, anti-blackness existing. And I, so I can, I can understand with my friends who are black, who are like, I'm not supporting the film because screw you. So for me, it comes to this whole idea of I no longer go to those people and try and convince them otherwise. Mm-hmm. I say, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. You feel that way, and I acknowledge how you feel. We have more work to do. I hope one day you change your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to make you change your mind because that's not my that's mm-hmm. not my role. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's not on me to make you do something else. Mm-hmm. My role is to hopefully change the way I am. Mm-hmm. And to influence and your, to influence your own, others, your, your own group, to help you yeah. feel that like you can now come and feel included in these things as yeah. well too, and that we can come together. Yeah. That was that was just something that I just really because I mean even I had my own experiences um, with Asian people and just you know yeah <laughs> you know I have a, I have a lot, you know you're one of my Asian friends I have other Asian friends who I know I can talk to one. about I have multiple Asian <laughs> friends um, who I can talk to about my experiences with racism and yeah. they and they don't look at me and go oh here we go right but then I definitely have some Asian friends people I went to college with who are just like there he goes again talking about this black stuff and I'm just like but. You don't understand. And and many of them are working so hard to be a part of white culture that for them, they've made it, right? Because mm-hmm. you look at their pictures and you know, every picture they have is with a group of white people. And they to them, they've made it. It's like, why can't you make it? Like, I just made it. You know what I mean? Um, and they don't see that, yeah, they also shit on you when you ain't around. And, and yeah, they may be friends with you, but what's happening and how, and how do they value your actual experience as an Asian American or Asian person yeah. in this space? Um, but they also don't see the ways in which anti-blackness is so permeated that, yeah, you can make it in. But if I tried and I have tried, they, they don't want me. Yeah. Um, and so having friends, Asian friends who can val- who validate that experience of like, damn, I may not understand it, but that sounds like that sucks. And what can I do? Right. How can I show up for you? We have a lot of work to do. We have so much work to do. And I, and I think Tassadi has created this tension between us brown, black and brown people on purpose. It is a it's a classic divide, divide and conquer. Because if I, we spend if we spend all of our time fighting each other, we ain't got time to actually fight yeah. white supremacy. Right, the the root of these issues is white supremacy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the more we spend time fighting each other, the less time we have to focus on that. And they bank on that; they expect that, you know. Um, so yeah, I just got, I, I I wanted to unpack that brief. I don't even know where to go. Continue going with that, but um, well, I think like I said, it comes back to we talk about self awareness, right? Yeah. Like how self aware are we of what we do? And I think it's taken me a long time to realize that, like, when my black friends come to me about these things, mm-hmm. my job is not to fix it for them. Right. My job is to right. listen to them yep. and acknowledge the fact that what they're saying to me is true mm-hmm. and stop there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that it's true because I, because we're, we've experienced it. Yeah. Even if you've never seen it happen, you haven't witnessed it yourself. It's real because a human being is sitting across from you saying, this has been my experience in the classroom, yep. in the workplace, on the train, on the bus, on the plane, you name it. Um, and, I, and I think that can be true for any group. Agreed. Right. Any group. And I think that's very different for us, though, because we were very much raised in a doer culture. 
Yeah. Right? Like, we're not yeah. raised to just sit here and accept things. Yeah. We're raised to do something about stuff. That reminds me of that video that I'm pretty sure I've watched with you before, but I use it in my workshops when I work with clients. Um, and it's uh, Brene Brown. She is uh, an amazing author who talks a lot about vulnerability and um, particularly around empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has this video on YouTube. And if you Google um, or YouTube, um, sympathy versus empathy. And she talks about that actually right that you know we have this you're my friend i don't want you to feel bad you've come to me and shared something really deeply personal and i don't want you to feel that way so i try to make you feel better well at, at least you have this or at least well what about this well let's go do this and sometimes it's just like no just stop and go i'm so thankful for that you shared it with me what can i do yeah how can i be there for you and again, I think we're not trained to do that, right? So that yeah. feels very unnatural for us. Mm-hmm. Like in my relationship, in my in my swirl relationship, mm-hmm. dating your white man. Oh, speaking Jesus. speaking of it, speaking nah. of what I love him. No, I love him. He, you know, he got his work, but I love him. Um, but I think that's one thing I had to learn in our relationship was he doesn't need me to fix whatever it is yeah. that he's telling me about. He just needs me to listen. Yeah. And that, I think, is something that we all need to learn a little bit more. Yes. What does it mean to listen? How often are we in our listening, like actually listening to someone and just saying, yeah, that sucks or Mm -hmm. wow, you're right Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. saying like, you can do this, as you mentioned, for to fix it. Like, how often do we do that? Right. And that's a place where it is no longer an Asian issue or a black issue or a Latina issue, whatever. It's a human issue. And those are the areas where we can find commonality and be like, okay, here's where we start. Let's just start by acknowledging that these things happen. Not just listening. And that's the big piece. That's the big piece. I have to know that I do these things, right? As a man, I have to know that there are things that I do that are a product of my male privilege that impact women in the workplace. Asian people have to acknowledge that they are um, a part of that cycle of oppression against black people in order to begin to do something about it, right? Um, we, We all have to do that. and But that's the difficult part. That I talk about that all the time in my workshops. That owning my role in something that wasn't my intent yeah. is hard. Because like, what do you mean? I, I'm, I'm not doing that. What are you talking about? I don't have that kind of influence. And it's like, yeah, but that's that's the power of a system. <laughs> I was in a work thing, and it was a workshop, and in the it was a virtual workshop. Mm-hmm. In the chat, the person kept typing. I forgot who the the speaker says something about like oh like making space for others blah mm-hmm. blah blah and this person in the chat kept writing I know that's something I'm totally working on I'm totally working on making space for others and writing <laughs> in the chat literally over and over about the ways they're working on making space for others and how right. it's something that's tough for them uh-huh. and I'm like wow you don't see this like right. there's literally a visual representation in a of chat how box you do, how you're not doing it of right how now how you're taking up the space yeah yeah. That, that that would totally be me, because <laughs> you know I can talk. Oh um, my so that, god, can you shut up, BJ? That, <laughs> that that yeah, that that's something I'm always working on too, of of sort of um, taking up less space and take space, sort of make space, and take space, make space. That? Exactly. So I got it from someone else. I use it as one of my my working agreements, but yeah. I, I I forget where I first heard Borrow it. Borrow best practices. Oh, my favorite absolutely. best practice. Absolutely. What else? Wow. I feel like we, we went over a lot of things. I, I, we haven't solved word peace yet. We haven't solved world peace. We haven't solved racism, sexism, or homophobia. But we did have a good conversation around the film. I, I loved it. I went back and saw it again. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I pre-ordered it after I saw it the first time. Um, you know, again, I just feel like I can both support 
what the film represents in terms of representation of Asian people within mainstream Hollywood and also still yeah. a challenge Asian people around how um, they play a role in, you know, sort of anti-blackness within this country. This is our know? conversation that we have all the time, right? It's this whole idea that people have a hard time accepting duality. Yeah. You can't, it's like you can be for something and also critique something yeah. as well too. And yeah. how do we do more of that? Right. Because that allows more stuff to happen mm-hmm. and it allows better things to happen in the future. Yeah. It doesn't just shut down a conversation. That it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, one or the other. It can be both at it the can exact be same time. I can like this thing and realize that it has a lot of work to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I like you. I realize yeah. I know you're talking about me. I am the epitome of perfection. Not at all. Not at all. No, but no, but that that's true, right? I can be friends with people and still have things that they do that annoy the crap out of me. Yeah. And you can date someone and and love them and still have things that like I need you to freaking work on this or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> right. Um, I've just entered into my own little biracial relationship and it'll be so yeah, it'll it'll be um so he's Latinx. Um, and so it'll be interesting to just see there and, and he's, and he's older, right? He's, he's 42. Ooh, and so stop it. Um, <laughs> and so already I'm, I'm seeing some conversations that we have to have yep. and, you know, things that sort, um, so in there it's a, it's a racial difference, but also it's a generational difference too. Um, so it, it'll, it'll be fun navigating this. I mean, new to and go back to the idea of like Asian American things too, I think. You know, my partner, we were a few years in a relationship when he said he finally realized, like, I get what you mean now by, like, you're really close with your family and family is important. Yeah. And again, it's that whole idea of, like, knowing something and experiencing something after he, like, had met my family and seen things. He's like, I now see what you mean by that. Right. Like, when you say family is hugely important to you and family comes first, Mm -hmm. he's like, I get that now in a very different way than when we first started dating. Yeah. And that, and that takes vulnerability to be open to to learn yeah. and watch and 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 try to understand why that matters so yep. much to your culture and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Well, BJ, thank you. You're welcome. We've, I've been trying to get you on my podcast for quite some time, but not living near you anymore because you left me here in Ithaca. I would um, never leave you. I'm you left me. Oh, no, you Jesus. left me. Let's just call it what it is. You all left me. Um, but I, I've, I've always enjoyed our conversations, Jesus. and and yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to find a way to get you on, on this on an episode. So I'm glad that we finally were able to do it. You surprised me. I didn't even know you were you were going to be here until the other like day. That. So I was like, yes, I get an episode in before I leave for my trip. So this is good. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Unpack That. As always, um, I would love to hear about some of the topics you want me to unpack more of. And biracial relationships. Biracial relationships. That could be a really good one. Um, And, and, you know, let me know what you're thinking. What are the questions that you have that you're like, I want to hear more about this. Uh, You can email me at letsunpackthatpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to letsunpackthatpodcast.com and peruse our website or my website um and send me a message through there or you can also like my facebook page that's unpack that on facebook and send me a message that way um 
and just you know let me know what you're thinking and how what are some of the questions that you might have and think ways that we can provide some information and resources to you all um again as always i enjoy this show i enjoy coming back and hopefully i'm going to try and be more consistent and give and do this more often but life is just busy man i i think i took on more than i could chew and i'm what? really figuring it shut up bj i'm out of here <laughs> goodbye say bye to the people bye people bye until next time